Oh, my God. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
the unbelievable and incredible <laughs> Shmakolenu and Hashivenu as done by Yehuda Green this past early, early Sunday morning. Slichos. Unbelievable. We'll dedicate that. We'll dedicate that to everybody who's listening from Kever David and Hartzion. Some of you may have already seen on the app that uh, Simon has posted that there are people with him tuned in from Kever David and Hartzion. Wow. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. 22 minutes after 6 o'clock. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Ari Goldwag, song called The Hafta here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, off of his, um, hmm, one second. There we go. Off of his album entitled Lo Nafsik. Uh, before that, 
Miami with Esmach opening tune off their brand new album entitled La Olam Va'ed Forever. Shlaimi Gertner had the song that we played after the big Johannesburg announcement yesterday. I feel that song is an unbelievable Shabbos anthem and an unbelievable song in regard to the Shabbos project. Uh, we got to spread it around over the next month or so. Uh, Yehuda Green had Shema Koleinu off of Slichas 2018 from this past Sunday morning. Just unbelievable. So incredible. And, uh, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. The Shmakalenu and Hashivenu together. The Shmakalenu, his new one, which I think is remarkable, didn't go as long as the uh, Hashivenu one went <laughs> at the West Side Institutional Synagogue, but still was pretty remarkable. Thursday morning on this September the 6th, day 26 in the month of Elul. Good morning, everybody. We'll still blow chauffeur. We still say slichus. We are still in the month of Elul, getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. The brand new year begins on Sunday night, believe it or not. Sunday night, my 35th anniversary at JM in the AM is Sunday. I started on a Wednesday era of Rosh Hashanah. So Sunday will be my 35th anniversary at JM in the AM. Unbelievable. I, I cannot believe it, frankly. I cannot believe it. 78 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high temperature of 93. How do we get up there? Uh, tonight, thunderstorms early with a uh, low temperature of 74. And then tomorrow, cloudy skies for Friday with a high only 79. Yeah, I say only because uh, we are not, uh, we're not used to temperatures being only 79. The last couple of months. Right now, Yerushalayim's at 79. We're at 78 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. 25 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning, everyone. Later on, we will um, we'll speak to Simon Jacob. Uh, there's a brand new song out there, uh, literally a gift to the Jewish world in honor of Israel's 70th birthday and acknowledging the incredible miracle that the state of Israel and the land of Israel is. Um, a gift from God, and uh, Simon will explain the song, and then we'll play it for you coming up here at JMM. It's already making the rounds. A lot of people have heard it and have seen the video. Uh, so we'll do that later on. Also, the president of Yeshiva University, Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, is scheduled to join us. That'll happen about 8.30 this morning here at JM in the AM, so make sure to be tuned in. Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, our guest coming up here at JM in the AM. Yaakov Shweki next at JM in the AM.
Malkaini, he Moshiani, Vehi Vehi, Shiani, he Elekaini, he Uvini, he Malkaini, he Moshiani, Vehi Vehi, Shiani, he Elekaini, he Uvini, he Malkaini, he Moshiani, Vehi Vehi, Shiani, he Elekaini, he Uvini, he Malkaini, he Moshiani, Vehi Vehi, Shiani.
אחרינו לחיים, מלך חופץ בחיים, וחוסרינו בספר החיים, וחוסרינו בספר, בספר החיים, למענך אלוהיקים חיים, וחוסרינו בספר, בספר החיים, למענך
חוייכים, אהב אז קלום סויס, תוידי בונציח, שומי שם חוייכים, אהב אז קלום סויס, תוידי J.M. and the A.M. Off of the Mayim Rabim album, it's Derech Achim with Mivan Siach. As we said during bonus J.M. this morning, hopefully 
Derek Achim will join us when we're in South Africa. You know, the week of September, excuse me, the week of October the 22nd, it's been announced. As of yesterday, it's been announced that we are going to be doing our next Jewish Unity Initiative mission to South Africa. Be there, Bezrat Hashem, on the, uh, uh, for the week, the broadcast week of October the 22nd, and for the big and amazing Jewish Unity concert coming up on the 25th of uh, October, Thursday night in Johannesburg. And I'm hoping that that week we'll be able to uh, bring Derek Hachim on the air and uh, get them maybe to perform live. Who knows? Who knows what magic we'll be able to convince people to uh, to, to provide for us in Johannesburg. Uh, before that, you heard the Rosh Hashanah medley done by the uh, cast of Welcome Back Yom Tov. Shaynis with Shimmy Engel. You heard Yaakov Shweki in there with Kol Neshama. Thursday at JM in the AM on this September the 6th, the 26th of Elul. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for those who are commenting on the app. Much appreciated. Listener Danielle is out there, wants to hear more Miami. Um, this listener says, I want to make sure I know this person. Oh, I may not know this person. Uh, this listener says, love having this app to listen on the bus. First day of classes at the Ramaz Middle School. Great Jewish music and content you can't get anywhere else. Thank you very, very much for that. All right. And the listener, Devorah in Israel, Yad Benjamin had the pleasure and honor this week of welcoming Prime Minister Netanyahu to our Torani Public School. Um... It was a terrific visit. We're particularly proud of our 10-year-old son, Usher Saban, who was invited to play solo saxophone for him. Wow, that's cool. He played the famous song to Rav Cook's words, Ben Adam. Aleh Lamala Aleh. Shana Tava to you and all your listeners. Thank you, Devora. Listener Devora in Israel. We'll see you soon because we're going to be heading to Israel for some uh, broadcasting right after Yuntiv, literally right after Yuntiv, between um, Sukkis and the Johannesburg trip. So we hope to see you or at least speak to you from Israel. Very early October. Yeah, lots of travel coming up, lots of exciting things. Uh, I am proud to say here at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. I'm told we have a slight problem with our news feed from Israel this morning, so we'll continue with more coming up at JM in the AM.
Shirshel Shevach, done by Zevi Weinstock and Ari Zucker. Mutti Steinmetz before that with an amazing Aaron Teitelbaum orchestra piece entitled the Yemen Narayim Medley. Mivan Siach, that was Derek Achim, of course, here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning broadcast, 78 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, and a high temperature of 93, excuse me, 93. 
Should be the last day of all the really uh, bad heat wave days. Listener Judy's out there. Judy, we say to you a very happy, healthy, and sweet new year. Thanks so much for uh, commenting on the app and for joining us, of course. Also, a big thank you to both Mark and Avrami. <laughs> because of them, I'm now able to play one of my favorite Dvekis Yamim Narayim selections at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. That was um, Mordechai Shapiro with Hashem Melech. Uh, before that, um, Dvekas with Barosh Hashanah. That's a uh, one of my favorites when it comes to the um, high holidays. Uh, Mark Zamek, I, I, I'm thinking of Mark's show for tonight because uh, he uh, revealed to me that he plans on playing that selection tonight during the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show. Tonight, of course, is the uh, Arab Shabbos show that will be designated the final one of the year 5778 and the one that precedes the brand new year and includes a whole bunch of Yom Noraim selections, no doubt. So make sure to be tuned in. Everybody here, especially in the... Uh, Especially on this side of the world, it's it's hard for our friends from Israel to be tuned in uh, late Thursday night at 2 a.m. But 7 p.m. Eastern time is a great time for the people here on the East Coast and in the U.S. Tune in and be a part of uh, Mark Zomik's Erev Shabbos show tonight, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Speaking of great Jewish music, by the way, keep in mind if you're heading to Israel for the holidays, if you're heading to Israel and will be spending Israel, or will be spending Sukkot, rather, in Israel, don't forget that Yaakov Shweki and Mordechai Shapiro, who you just heard, they are together in concert at Binyanei Haoma for the uh, Friends of Hatzalah, Friends of United Hatzalah of Israel. That's happening Thursday, Cholamoid, at Binyanei Haoma in Yerushalayim. Information, concertinisrael.com, concertinisrael.com. So check that out and get ready to enjoy. Again, it's concertinisrael.com. That's where you can get your tickets, support Hatzalah. And to have a wonderful Thursday night, Chol HaMoed. Again, if you are in Jerusalem, Thursday night, Chol HaMoed, Sukkot. And the, um, uh, those of us who are here in this area for Sukkot, keep in mind that our friends in Lancaster, Hershey Park, etc., uh, because Yuntif is so early, they are in full swing, to say the least. They're really in full swing uh, for this coming Chol HaMoed. And everybody out there is invited to check them out. Late Wednesday and all day Thursday, Cholamoy, there's special stuff going on at Hershey Park. Again, the second half of Wednesday and all day Thursday, plenty of stuff going on at Hershey Park. LancasterSukkot.com. <coughs> Excuse me again. LancasterSukkot.com has all the information. LancasterSukkot.com would be the best way to get all the Info. Thursday morning broadcast, JM and the AM, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas, Rav Zebin, Rabbi and Zechonishmas, Esther Bas, Rabbi Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The great Rav Shach once said, We learn in the Yalkut concerning the snare, the burning bush, that Moshe Rabbeinu said, Let me turn to see it. Our sages tell us that when Moshe Rabbeinu turned to see, he was involved in the act of drawing closer to Hashem. This made him worthy of receiving the vua, prophecy. Hashem's presence fills this entire universe, as it says, Einod Milvado. Exactly how much Moshe Rabbeinu turned in the direction of the voice is not important. To become worthy of prophecy, he only had to show the desire to come close to Hashem. Once he demonstrated this enthusiasm, Rabbi Yochanan said he walked three steps. Reish Lokish said he merely inclined his head, and that was sufficient. Hashem immediately revealed himself to Moshe. We also learned in the Yalkut 
concerning Lamnatseach Livne Korach, that although the sons of Korach could not confess with their mouths, the feelings of chuvan repentance stirred within them, and they were accepted by Hashem. They couldn't say Shira, because the gates of Gehenim were open, and the fires were ablaze around them. Think of it for a moment. The sons of Korach, they were on the lowest level. They had fallen to the seventh level of Gehenim. The fire raged all around them. They could no longer speak, but in their hearts, there stirred inspiration. They longed to repent and to be close to Hashem. Hashem accepted them, as the Torah tells us, Uvenei Korach lo mesu. The sons of Korach did not die. However far a person is strayed from the Boreolam, the Creator, he is still exceedingly close. Einod Novado. Hashem encompasses the whole of creation. The only thing that we need to do is to have our hearts yearn to be close to Hashem in order for our tshuva to be accepted. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Yeah, man, I'm
Oh, yeah. 
I don't have a lot of time to say if you switch. Well, somehow that uh, Slicho selection from Avram Free turned into a uh, Slicho selection from Eitan Katz. Not quite sure what glitch occurred there, but we're still not going to spend much time thinking about it. J.M. and the M. on a Thursday morning broadcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Before that, you heard the um, selection from Shlomo Kalbach. That's Zacharina Lachayim words we start saying Sunday night when 5779 begins. And the great cantor Yassela Rosenblatt. With Habein Yaker Lee, words again that will be part of our uh, liturgy both uh, Monday and Tuesday for Rosh Hashanah, and of course on Yom Kippur as well. 14 minutes before 8 o'clock, it is a JM and AM Thursday morning, and we have a uh, wonderful guest with us in our studio. Uh, she serves as the assembly member from the 25th Assembly District in the state of New York, which includes Flushing, Queensborough Hill. Hillcrest, Fresh Meadows, Oakland Gardens, Bayside, and Douglastown. Neely Rosick, who has now, if I'm not mistaken, we'll confirm in a moment, who is now in her third term as Assemblywoman, uh, visits us here on a Thursday morning at JM in the AM. First of all, Boker Tov, good morning to you. Boker Tov, thanks for having me. And am I right? Third term, is that correct? Third term, hopefully, God willing, a fourth. And is this, is this in fact, an election year? It is an election year for everyone in the state legislature from the governor on down. So the to, whole assembly and the whole Senate will be, quote unquote, reelected. In many cases, literally reelected. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would guess the incumbents have an advantage, no? All 150 of us are on the ballot for one reason or another. And, you know, I just hope that voters, at least in my district, send me back to Albany. I wonder what percentage of the incumbents among the Assembly and Senate will win. I, I assume in an election like this, it's usually around 90%, it's I would guess. quite high. Yeah. Um, I would even say, you know, down in D.C., the same thing. Incumbents right. have yeah, a huge true. advantage. All right, so you're born in Jerusalem. I am. Li- living in what neighborhood when you were born? Where were your parents We live? were in Gilo. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, arrived in the U.S. when? I was a very young child baby, some could say. Um, I was all of two years old and spent many summers and winters with Saba and Safta in Israel. Where do they live? Um, they also lived in Jerusalem and right. then moved to be closer to my other my other part of the family in Netanya. So oh. many hours and days and months spent on the beautiful beach over there, and I wouldn't take it back. I never really did... Jewish summer camp, Um, but my version was, (laughs) my version was, yeah, I was very lucky. My version was spending some time in Netanyahu and and seeing friends and family and um, hanging out. You had the ultimate Jewish summer experience. (laughs) So, and of course your Israeli accent uh, has remained. 
Um, with, with, I can turn it on and off. Um, you are in complete control of your Israeli accent. <laughs> I, I can turn it on and off. Um, the interesting thing is if you were to talk to my parents, my parents are actually from Argentina. Ah. Um, so they have a very thick Argentine accent. They moved from um, there to Israel. They made Aliyah right after the Six-Day War. Obviously met, fell in love, whole story, had all of us. Um, and yeah. Where do they decided. live now? We all live in Fresh Meadows. Typical Jewish mom. My mom was very good about keeping us all in the same neighborhood. Cool. And yeah, I never left Fresh Meadows because I love it so much. I am stunned with um, with my curiosities about all government. I mean, I believe that the world of politics is one of the best spectator sports out there, if not the best, frankly. And I've said that for years. My listeners know it. I am stunned that I did not realize that we have a member of the New York State Legislature who was born in Jerusalem, Israel. Well, here I am. Are you the, are, are you the only one, I assume? I am the only Israeli, as far as I can tell. <laughs> right. And um, Danny Dayan, the is- Israeli Consul General, will, will stick with that. He'll, so he'll vouch for he'll you, He'll vouch huh? for us. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, in the state legislature, if you were to walk through the chamber, I'm, I'm the only one with the Israeli flag on my desk. Um how did and I, not I really, know this? I really love it. And, and and a, I guess we'd say significant. Would that be accurate? A significant percentage of the state legislature is Jewish. I think that would be accurate in New York, there's right? A, yeah, there's a good chunk of us that are Jewish or identify as Jewish Americans, right. um, and there is you know a, an organization around that. Um, I don't remember the statistic, but at, at one point it was. I'm thinking 20, 30%. Is that possible? It's way too high to, to guess that. Could must... be at one point that it was. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, there are 150 of us, so maybe right. 30 of us. Yeah. What is your district like? I know that, you know, these days, uh, one sometimes gets criticized for pointing out, you know, ethnic groups, divisions, et cetera. But how, how, would, you, how would you describe the, the makeup of your district? So, like many districts in Queens, my district itself is very immigrant-based. Um, I have Chinese Americans and Korean Americans and South Asians. Obviously, there's a huge Jewish population. Um, Wait, and the, Ju- the Jewish population, I guess, is in Flushing, right? That would be the in Hillcrest, the, Fresh Meadows. Oh, Hillcrest also. Yeah. Right, right. Um, you know, we're all gearing up for the high holidays, right. and um, that's for that's, sure. That's <laughs> it's an exciting time. You're, you're also feeling the pressure, huh? I, I also <laughs> like to joke that I'm maybe one of the few legislators who gets to celebrate the New Year three times. <laughs> that's true. You know, the the January first, right. obviously Rosh Hashanah, uh-huh. and then I have the Lunar New Year in February, right. which is exciting as well. Knowing New York, they'll add some more coming up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> So you are, uh, so you're, you, you're um, gearing, gearing up for the new year. You'll have the apple and honey on Sunday night. Yes. And um, my and nephews are very excited. I can imagine. <laughs> and uh, and you do have, again, because of the Flushing Fresh Meadows area, you do have a significant Jewish population mm-hmm. in your district. Now you, I would bet, are somewhat familiar with this district, and the reason I'm saying that is because the person you used to work for. If I have this right, and my mm-hmm. sons will kill me if I don't get this right, because <laughs> they work in government, um, the 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 person you used to work for is now our assemblyman. Is that correct? He is now your state senator. state senator. He's now our state senator. That would be Senator Kavanaugh. Yes. And so I spent many many years on the Lower East Side. In fact, um, 
was well, his before, chief of staff for many years. But how long has he held the position in the Senate? Um, he's been a senator just this past year. Right. But remember, he was an assembly member, and his district went all the way down to Delancey. Ah, so you so know, the, know area. the area. Very cool. Yeah. So he ends up right. So he ends up taking over as uh, as senator, senator here after Squadron, I believe. Yes. Right. Exactly right. And I'll say, you know this neighborhood, and you know the changes that have happened in this neighborhood for the last few years. I mean, yeah. isn't it remarkable? And not unlike the ones in Queens, right? You have different populations moving in and and old and new kind of blending together in a really fascinating Well, does Queens way. have the same type of hip locales that we have now on the Lower East Side? We, we don't have a donut plant right. or uh, the new Kosars. Right. The rebooted version of. So what do you uh, what what do you tout over there in your district? What are some of the cool 2018 We've innovations? We've got a lot of great Israeli restaurants all along Main Street in Queens. Isn't it amazing how Middle Eastern food has taken over the city? Yeah. It's unbelievable. And I would I would vouch the best hummus you can find is right in Fresh Meadows. Unbelievable. So come that, on down. The ch- <laughs> challenge accepted. Now we're going to have to go find out if you're right. Uh, Neely Rosick is here. She represents the 25th Assembly District in New York, uh, the majority of which is in Queens. Many of the uh, uh, the people in this audience are familiar with her because uh, she serves uh, Flushing and Fresh Meadows in addition to other neighborhoods. And you are... Um, I was told you are a close friend of former Assemblyman Phil Goldfeder, who's an unbelievable friend and supporter of ours. And I was told that you really, quote unquote, bonded with him oh, during Hurricane Sandy, that this was one that this, that was the effort that really brought the two of you as legislators together. Yeah, so I had just won my primary campaign in September. Remember Hurricane 2012. Right. Hurricane Sandy happened about a month after that. Right, and I just picked up the phone and said, how can I help? Right. What what can we do? And I actually ended up going to every pizzeria in my district, asking them to donate a couple of pies and then driving it down um, to Hamilton Beach at the fire department over there and, and just unloading it and having people enjoy it. Um, something warm, something that they could, you know, um, seek comfort in and we really bonded from there i will say bill's a great friend and and we spent many hours commuting to albany together um he got slammed during sandy and that was yeah Yeah, he got really uh meaning his house yeah really got his entire neighborhood i mean i've never seen a situation like that before um really really dire um and the nice part is we're rebuilding and if you go to rockaway now go to far rockaway now um, it's it's a very different place. Does it concern you that for some New Yorkers, Albany is a derogatory term that it has become really such a such a source of angst for some average New Yorkers? By the way, I don't know if you if you feel that way on the campaign trail. I don't know if people say this to you on the campaign trail if they give you the impression like, uh oh, you're a state legislator, <laughs> that type of thing. I think it's the thing where people say, you know, I hate Congress, but I love my congresswoman or, you know, I hate Congress. But um, I think it's a very similar dynamic. For a very long time, the state legislature was seen as sort of the minor leagues when actually, at least in my book, it, it, it should be treated like a major league. We have tremendous influence on school budgets and public safety and transportation. I mean, all of the things that touch your life every day more often than not, go through Albany, right? Go through the state legislature. And so 
the nice thing is, at least recently, I found people are waking up and realizing, A, that they have an assembly person <laughs> representing right. them, but also that we have um, tremendous say in their in their everyday lives, and, and they're getting involved. Um, and they want service. And they want service. Do you have a lot of rail and subway commuters in your neighborhoods? Little known fact about the 25th Assembly District, I actually don't have a single train station or subway station. Of either, an LIRR or New York City subway. That's interesting. We are very dependent on our buses. How do you campaign without subway stops? (laughs) (laughs) The express bus stops are not so shabby. Um, And I've made it a really big priority to make sure we can get people from point A to point B in a faster, more efficient way. Commuters are so frustrated with the MTA. Every <laughs> time there's a headline with the mayor, the governor, and MTA in that in that story, it just gives people more and more aggravation. Yeah, and strap hangers should be aggravated. Neely Rosick is here. She is the assembly member from the 25th District. We are recommending that you uh, find her name on the ballot on September 13th. Would that be accurate? I'm on the ballot in November. In November, that's a general election. Mm-hmm. So you're already set with the Democratic <laughs> Party, correct? That that would be right. Yeah, they're all they're all behind you. <laughs> now all you have to do is defeat your. Is there an opponent in uh, in November or not? I luckily am running unopposed. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So all you really need, quote unquote, I is for people need, to show up yeah. and, and you know show that there's enthusiasm. Yeah. For having you. said that, there are a lot of good races on September 13th. Right. They should look it up and and um, go out and vote. Today's the last day um, to fill out an absentee form. So people should know that. Otherwise you have to go down to the board of elections. And you will likely be the only person on the ballot in November in this country who was born in Jerusalem. I'm trying to think if that's true. These types of trivial facts. And and, if if listeners want to call in and and call us otherwise, if they know somebody, let us know immediately. (laughs) All right. So you were involved, uh, in a kosher for Passover food drive. Actually, you organized it. For United States Virgin Islands, as they recovered from last summer's hurricane, now, frankly, I did not realize that there was a need or a demand for kosher for Pesach food in the Virgin Islands. Tell me how this developed. So I um, went down with a group of assembly members. Um, that It was sort of organized by the speaker, Carl Hasty. But I said, you know what, I have to find a local spin to, to our efforts down there. Good and point. I reached out to the rabbi on St. Thomas, um, there is a rabbi on St. Thomas. There is a full-time rabbi. Shout out to Michael and his wife, Julie. Say that again. <laughs> um, and I asked them, you know, are there any needs? What's going on? It, it had been, a, you know, some time since the hurricane down there. And he said, quite frankly, you know, getting the full span of kosher for Pesach food is, is harder. Um, it's always a little tough to get right. it down there. But because of the hurricane, because of the devastation, um, they were really in need, so I reached out to local organizations, local synagogues, and I was blown away by the turnout, by how much food was donated. Um, I ended up bringing a lot of it in a backpack, and, and boxes were shipped down there um, in advance of Pesach, and it was really amazing outpouring of love and And support. it got there on time and everything, huh? It did. It did. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. And- <laughs> Ayashakach, as we would say in our community. And we were also told that um, your legislation um, that created hate crimes recognition and response training for law enforcement agencies, this happened in response to the drastic increase in anti-Semitic incidents in 2017. Now, a lot of people, including in this audience, don't realize 
that there was a drastic increase in anti-Semitic incidents. I'm assuming you mean in New York State, right? Yeah, in, in New York, in Queens in particular. Um, well, tell me about that. What's going on there? So uh, a recent audit by the ADL found that there was a 90% increase in anti-Semitic acts and... Um, we said we got to do something. So we rolled up our sleeves, got together with different organizations to see what is the best way that we can push back against this and, and sort of up the awareness around hate crimes that are perpetrated against our community, but quite frankly, against a lot of other communities In other as words, well. the, the, the legislation's there. You need the law enforcement people to be familiar with it and understand how it works exactly and we're very lucky that the nypd itself right here in new york city right. has a great response to hate crimes um, but other localities other counties across new york state are still lacking so um, i wrote this bill um, that would help law enforcement not just identify the issues but also come up with a response um to to hate crimes in their own communities i'm hopeful we'll pass it next year in the state legislature um, and looking for support from anyone who wants to help push it and so the people who are listening who have their own state legislators in their own district outside of yours they really should contact those legislators and let them know about yeah, this call them tell them to sign on as a co-sponsor tell them that you're supportive of this um, because it really will take a grassroots effort to get it done. Uh, it's it's going to be a battle, or we don't know. We don't know what the. Uh... I'm pretty good at legislating. <laughs> so you but, think it'll move through? But um, you know, with anything like this, it it really takes a whole uh, group of people getting involved and in, and in saying that they that this is a priority. Um, I think a lot of times people don't realize in the state legislature. There are 11,000 bills right. that get introduced. And the leaders of the legislature have to see that there's an interest among its members. Exactly. The only way they're going to have interest among the members is if the people out there make the members you know, pay right. attention to what's going on. That's right. All right, well, good luck with that. And that vote would be around when? That would be in the, in the Starting beginning? Starting next year. Meaning yeah. early 2019? Mm-hmm. Is that when the next session actually begins, January 2nd, 2019? Yes. That's it? You don't have to go to Albany between now and then? We'll probably go back from um, now until then, but... Like usually, a couple of times or so? But usually the, the start of session is the first Wednesday after New Year's. And that's it. And then it, and then, and then and you're really... It's all over again. And then you're really commuting for half a year. Exactly. Neely Rosick is in our studio. Um, an absolute pleasure to meet her. She is the uh, assembly member in the 25th district here in New York. If you are in Queens, it's uh, very possible that she represents you. And uh, just realize, as we said, in addition to everything else... And we touched on a lot of great topics this morning. She is, as we know, the uh, as we assume, the only state legislature born st- legislator born in the city of Jerusalem, which I think is really cool. And your parents named you Neely, yeah. which is a really Zionistic, uh, they were themed name to yeah, say the least. They were on on theme, and um, <laughs> they're right on point. Huh? I will say this: there's a museum in Israel for um, Neely, the the spy organization. Right. Um, and I can get in for free. Is that a fact? Because my name is Neely. So <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. I love it. Netzach Yisrael lo Yishaker. That would be the uh, the phrase that your name yes. stands for, which of course which of course goes even further back than the establishment mm-hmm. of the state of Israel. Neely Rosick, a real pleasure to meet you. I take this opportunity to wish you a Shana Tova Mutuka. Shana Tova. A happy, healthy, sweet new year. And uh, I am so glad that we that we met. 
And uh, from what I hear, and I think I can confirm it from our visit today, it seems you're representing our community really well. And that's a wonderful feeling, so thank you. Thanks, and thanks for having me. A pleasure. Shana Tova. Neely Rosick, 25th uh, District Assembly Member, New York State Assembly, uh, visiting us and wishing us a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year on this Thursday at JM in the AM. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app.
JM in the AM. There it is, Yaakov Shweki with Chaim Shal Shalom. Thursday morning broadcast. Well, many of you are aware of the fact by now, because uh, so many of you have already seen the video or heard the song. Uh, many of you are aware of the fact that earlier in the week, FDD, our friends in Israel, led by David Fadida, um, uh, released a um, a song uh, that was um, commissioned and presented by our good friend Simon Jacob. Uh, we had a small hand in it as well here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and uh, essentially, and we'll get Simon's uh, uh, background uh, regarding this song in just a moment, uh, but essentially it is a gift to the Jewish world as we celebrate the new year and commemorate the 70th anniversary of the State of Israel. It's called uh, Yisrael Bil Vavot. Again, many of you have seen the video already. We've played it a few times here on the air, and I guarantee you over the next few weeks it's going to make its rounds. Also, I want to recommend to anybody who's a music teacher out there, and we have music teachers out there in different schools who are tuned in every single morning to JM in the AM, uh, just contact us. I don't even know if you have to contact us. The lyrics might be online somewhere. We have to find out. But uh, if you can't find the lyrics, contact us and uh, teach the song to your students. Teach the song to your students. You'll be glad you did. Simon Jacob, who yesterday was with us as the as the chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative, and we announced Johannesburg, and today is with us as the presenter of this brand new uh, song. Uh, Simon Jacob, Shalom, Shalom, Shana Tova, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Shomu Nachum. Thank you. Thank you for letting me on. You sound a, you sound a little too good to be all the way in Israel. My gosh, your phone line is excellent. I must say this morning. <laughs> no iron car is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> good good point. Bezek could destroy us at any moment. Uh, so Simon, uh, uh, months ago, and we discussed this, and like I said, I was honored to be at the early part of this project. Uh, months ago, you said that the Jewish people need what you described as a tefillah. As we watch everything that's happening now. Um, regarding Israel in this world, and as we celebrate 70, and as we go into a brand new year, uh, you felt the need for a special tefillah, a special way for all of us collectively to uh, thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, for the amazing land of Israel and the incredible miracle that the land of Israel and the state of Israel is. Um, what else can you add regarding the early stages of the song Yisrael Bilvavot? Okay. So, first of all, um, actually today my wife and I start our third year of Aliyah to Israel. So it's actually as of today, um, which is uh, incredibly appropriate. Uh, Our our time here, our last, you know, the two years that we've spent here in Israel has really opened my eyes. I, I mean, I traveled back and forth to Israel a lot. But um, living here, walking the streets of Israel, uh, hearing um, in Jerusalem so many different languages, like every language on earth can be heard just walking down the street in Jerusalem. Uh, Jews are returning from everywhere. Uh, it's just, it's, if you can't see the open miracle in it, you're, it's, it, you have to be blind here to, to not see it. Um, at the same time, because of our location, uh, the location of our home, we see all of these world leaders arriving, 
because I can't get out of my parking lot, basically, <laughs> when they, this happens. Once they show up, you're, you're trapped. <laughs> I'm trapped. Um, so I, I know exactly when each one comes and leaves. But honestly, to see leaders from China, Russia, India, the United States, you know, there are cities in all of those countries that are bigger than our entire Medina. Yep. Okay? To, to have them, you know, even bother coming to Israel is, is a miracle. And, and the bottom line is, you know, I started to ask myself why. Um, why are they coming here? What's so special about here? And, and, and honestly, I think they're coming because they don't understand what's going on. They see something that is not normal. Uh, as we say in Hebrew, not natural. Um, we're a nation, uh, you know, basically of people that have been persecuted for centuries. Um, we're a nation with so many ch- challenges, so many different challenges, uh, that there's absolutely no reason for us to, to exist. Um, we're this tiny country whose citizens represent so many global accomplishments that everybody's trying to figure out, you know, what's really going on here? Um, and, and, and at the same time, to be quite honest, living here, uh, we're in a country that can grow anything that you could grow in the United States, from tropical, semi-tropical, uh, flowers and fruits, uh, mangoes, peaches, plums, even apples, all right? Oranges for sure, everybody knows, but even apples and pears. And, and all that occurs within an area that is a physical area that's the size of the state of New Jersey. Amazing. It's, it's, it's really totally crazy. Honestly, totally crazy. Um, this song is uh, a celebration of Israel. And why do we focus on Israel? Because uh, in all of our prayers, Israel is referred to as uh, the Jewish people's bride. It's our partner. It's our partner in the world, and it's an, a partner that we have um, that's, that's there forever. Uh, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, a small deal. Um, it's our eternal bride, basically. And, and seeing, you know, this specific time being returned back to Israel and seeing what's going on uh, in front of our eyes, there's almost nobody that when I speak to them about this who lives here who doesn't say, you know, I think about this every day. I can't, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what's going on. It is an unbelievable you, miracle. You can't help but see the miracle in it. You know, uh, it, there was one other occurrence. Of what, there was many occurrences over, over the years, over the centuries. But one major occurrence was um, during the time of Hezkiahu Melech, who uh, the city of um, Jerusalem was surrounded 
by the Assyrians. And in a total non-event, um, after the city of, you know, the city of Jerusalem, I said the city of Israel, but I meant the city of Jerusalem, um, was, was surrounded by the Assyrians, in a total non-event, they, all of a sudden they vanished one night. God made this miracle. It had been prophesied. It happened. And when it happened, um, it took everybody by surprise, including the Babylonians, who sent emissaries to Jerusalem because the Assyrians had always been a thorn in their side. Right. And here the, the Jews had basically vanquished this you know, force to be reckoned with, and, and they just couldn't understand what had happened. So they came to Jerusalem, these emissaries came to Jerusalem, and Hezekiah was so enamored by, you know, the, the, that the Babylonians even cared to show up and, and see him. He was so impressed that he took them through the castle, he took them through the, the temple, he took them through the city, and basically, and, and his palace, and showed them all of the wealth and riches that we had, all of the, you know, basically all of the physical things that we have. And the prophet at that time came back and chastised him and said, you know, all of those physical things that you showed the Babylonians, they will be back to take them from you along with your children. Um, you failed. Uh, a major, you know, a, a major step here. They came to see what had happened. And instead of discussing the, the ruchniyot, the issues of God, you discuss the gashmiyot, the uh, physical. And, and I kind of feel like we're sitting here today with all of these leaders from the world showing up on our doorstep asking the same question, what's going on here? And our discussion typically is about technology and universities and our, how smart we are and what have you. And, you know, uh, I work with an Indian company, a huge Indian company, and I know a lot of Chinese companies, and they have a lot of very bright people, and they've got a lot of technology. Um, and to simply say that that's what our secret sauce is, is to really sell ourselves incredibly short. Uh, they're coming here because of what God's doing. And I just want to include him in the story. It's an, um, I, not, it's an amazing, yeah. it's an amazing message, and that's why uh, when you first mentioned that this, you know, you'd like to see this song created. Um, it was real. That's why you, I think that's why you kept using the word tefillah at that time because you felt yeah. that there was a shira, shira, a shira excuse me, yeah. excuse me, a shira, because you felt there yeah. has to be a spiritual acknowledgement of this incredible physical existence that now, thank God, the state of Israel has and the way they're viewed by the rest yeah. of the world and the way we as Jews benefit from it, the way we can live in luxury because of what's happening in the state of Israel. Um, yeah. so you, so you went ahead and by the way, the first voice you'll hear on the track, everybody is in fact, Simon Jacobs, uh, it's his voice. Uh, you went ahead, David Fadida, Ohad, Itzik Dadja, the Kinderlach, whole bunch of people, people could watch the video and certainly see the uh, list of performers who are part of it. And, um, and he had a couple of composers go ahead and compose a song with this message. 
Uh, now that yep. you've now that you've experienced the song, you're in the video, and you've heard the song. Yep. Obviously, tell us what your impressions are. Okay, um, it's very hard. What we, you know, one of the things that we're trying to get across is, you know, we're we're not. I, I don't want to make people think that we are, um, you know, that. We're in redemption. You know, redemption is here. It's oh, you know, we're already in the middle of it. Right. We're not. Um, I'm not. I, I'm not. You know, messianic Jew who's yelling about redemption. Um, but what I am saying is that we can clearly see the path to it. Right. So one of the things this song does is it kind of touchstones old, old songs and old words from um, some of the older songs in Israel, uh, because, again, this isn't something that's just happened today. It's a process. You know, we, we learned about Bikurim uh, a couple of parshiot ago, not last week, but uh, the week before, and one of the things that we're supposed to do in, when we bring our first fruits to the temple was to go back and recite this formula. And the formula was very clearly a history of where the Jewish people had been through, and to recognize that even though there were times that were incredibly terrible and arduous for us, that they all were leading up to, us, up to this point, the point where we could bring the first fruits. So um, that's... That's what the goal was. It's not uh, a song that just uh, yells redemption or yells that, you know, we're here. It really praises, um, it praises Israel, and it's based around Shir HaMalot, the Shir HaMalot that we sing before we bench, because it's such a great example of what's actually going on here, that we're We'll be returned, and we'll be like dreamers. I, I, I see that every day. Yeah. I feel that every day. I feel as I'm walking through the streets of Jerusalem, looking up at the walls of the old city, you know, wow, how do I have the schut to be here? So it's, it's, it's really very much like, uh, like people are walking around in dreams. It is an amazing... I'm sorry. Yeah. No, and then and then having the goyim, having the non-Jews see us, yeah, and, and that that term goyim is not used in any derogatory sense, but the in in the uh, in the psalm, it's it's used from a perspective of they can see what's going on and what God's doing for us, and suddenly we realize because of their reflection that you know God is helping us here. The nations are watching, and they're watching very, very carefully. Simon Jacob, I want to wish you a mazal tov. This is a, 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 wonderful, a wonderful achievement and accomplishment. I really hope that people out there, especially the educators, understand the value of the lyrics and melody of this brand-new song. That They'll go ahead and, and teach it to the children out there. And I think that is it. I'm sorry. Can I just give you three things that sure. I'm looking for out of this? Sure. One of the goals to create this song? Sure. Okay? One was that people recognize Hashem, God, in our daily lives, and that it's, it's happening. You know, he, he is really there. Number two, um, we're in a period where positive prophecy, 
is happening. We certainly saw the negative prophecy happen, but we're in a time of positive prophecy happening. And Hashem's promise to our forefathers are being fulfilled. I am an, an absolute witness for that. I was born in Singapore. My mother's from England. My father's from India. I'm Kibbutz Galiot, coming back to Israel and just won my own single Aliyah from America. Okay? And, and the, the desire to sing this song is not because we're at redemption or the Mashiach has come. We're here, and it's a kind of like a Nasev and Nishma moment. Because we're seeing what's going on and we can see the path, that's, that's the reason to sing it, okay? So all of those, uh, you know, all of those things to kind of include God in the thank you and include him in, in when we speak to non-Jews um, about what's going on in Israel, because they see it. We really need to recognize it and say it, too. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, the, okay. me- the message is for our community. And we need yep. to, we certainly need to recognize it. Us. I want to play this song for everybody. Simon, a Shana Tova to you and a Mazal Tov on this accomplishment. And uh, we'll continue to spread the word and spread the message of keeping God in focus when we think of the greatness of the land and state of Israel these days. Thank you. Thanks so much. Tadarabah. There he is, Simon Jacob. You'll hear him at the beginning of this selection. Yisrael Bil Vavot, JM in the AM. We've been returned to Israel and are like dreamers. All the leaders of the world are trying to understand how, while our people flood back in from all the nations, and after centuries of tears, we see you, Hashem, in everything and await your warm embrace of full redemption.
There it is. Eretz Yisrael Bilvavot. Ohad Itzik Dadya, the Kinderlach, a whole bunch of special guest stars in that production. I thank Simon Jacob for joining us, acknowledging the 70-year miracle of the State of Israel and the incredible miracle of the land of Israel and the Jewish people through this brand new incredible selection done as a gift to the Jewish world for the brand new year. We ask everybody, everybody, share it. Share the song, share the video, let it go around, teach it to your children. Uh, schools teach it to your music classes. It is a tremendous acknowledgement uh, that we have to have, the self-awareness that we have a Jew, as a Jewish nation have to have of what is happening in this world, especially vis-a-vis the state of Israel. JM and the AM on a Thursday, very appropriate, by the way, that we transition to Rabbi Berman, who has been at the forefront of Jewish leadership in our community in terms of emphasizing our need <clears throat> to keep Israel um, to keep Israel at the forefront and to keep Israel uh, in our plans and, our, and in our minds. Uh, Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman is, of course, the president of Yeshiva University, joins us this morning to uh, discuss the the uh, upcoming year, which already has begun at YU, of 5779, and uh, in fact to exchange New Year's greetings during this very special time. Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, president of Yeshiva University, an honor to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Well, it is a pleasure to be here, Nachum Siegel. I thank, it's always a joy. I thank you very much. It must be, speaking of joy, it must be amazing transitioning from a relatively empty campus, and I know there's plenty of work going on during the summer, believe me, I'm not minimizing that, but a relatively empty campus to two vibrant undergraduate campuses that make you so proud. I'm sure that transition over the last few days has been amazing for you. Amazing. It's amazing. You know, the the places is packed, the Beit Midrash is full, the classrooms are, are roaring, you know, Things are happening. It's exciting to have the students back and, uh, you know, really exciting uh, action-packed days for us here. There's no question about it. <clears throat> and we are uh, we are looking forward to hearing more amazing things from Yeshiva University. You know, you've completed one year now, and this really could be a conversation about looking back at the year and, and the vision and the plan for the new year, for the upcoming months. I guess we'll start with the first. Um, you had indicated that during the first year, someone in your position has to do a lot of listening. Someone in your position has to do a lot of observing and, and frankly, a lot of studying because there's a lot going on between between finances and, and the leadership role and everything else that, that needs to be considered at the helm of university. There's a lot to learn at the very beginning. How would you say the first year went for you at Yeshiva University? This has been... Uh, just an incredible experience, uh, both for the conversations I've had across our community, uh, inside the university, outside the university, but also the studies that we've done. You know, we, we've uh, embarked on a data-driven approach to understand uh, with market research and population studies, uh, you know, where our community is and how we can grow. And, uh, I mean, there, it's just been an incredible learning experience. You know, it's not just the inside of, of YU, but what are the trends and megatrends uh, that's happening in this world that we could capitalize on? You know, I could point to three 
uh, major areas for us. Okay. You know, number one is the, the change to the digital era. Right. You know, today the skill sets for the marketplace are fundamentally different. We've already done a great job raising, you know, the doctors and lawyers and finance and accountants and, and all of our professions, and we're going to continue doing that. Uh, but now we also need to think about and, and lean into science and technology, innovation and entrepreneurship, and making sure our students, wherever fields they're in, you know, have the quant skills that are necessary. So the whole switch to the digital era is one major revolution. The second revolution is in the world of higher education itself. Uh, the whole structure is different, and one, one particular feature is the way industry has moved into education and how work, you know, is now part of thinking about how you educate a, a student, even in his days, uh, you know, when he's studying, how we move the workforce to an interconnected place into higher education. The third thing, the first thing everyone thinks about, the third thing is the change in the Jewish world. And one of the major changes, and you related to that before, is the whole shift to Israel. That Israel is no longer our poor cousins. Israel is an economic innovation powerhouse. And that gives us a whole swath of opportunities uh, and competitive advantages that we're taking advantage of. So we we have, we're riding the waves of these, uh, of these three major transformations in the world. And we are now, uh, you know, putting together and we've already launched a number of signature initiatives to highlight how we're going to capitalize on this moment of opportunity. Everybody, Dr. Ari Berman is with us. Let's start with the last one for a moment. Um, we know that, believe me, we know how important the presence of Yeshiva University is in this country, and I'm never going to minimize that. But there are people who feel there should be a a stronger presence in Israel. I think that's one of the things you're alluding to. Is it a suggestion, then, that students use part of their four-year college adventure to spend some of that time in Israel? Are, are there formalized programs you're considering with Israeli institutions? What, what's the next step in all of this? Yeah, for us, um, the Startup Nation uh, is an opportunity in a two-way street, actually, both us going there and them coming here. We're a corridor uh, between the diaspora and Israel. And, um, and it's important, and uh, it fuels a lot of what we're doing, of course, we're doing things independent of that, but it certainly fuels a lot of what we're doing. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, talk about a couple of our new initiatives to highlight, uh, to highlight this. Sure. You know, number one, uh, we just opened up on our Wolf Campus an Innovation Lab. We opened where we just got funding to open up on the Barron Campus, a new digital lab. Nice. And in these places, our our students are going to be able to innovate and, you know, from their coding, computer science, be able to create their apps and projects. But more than that, we're bringing in startup companies into our innovation labs so our students can work with them. So we've signed a partnership with ESUM, which is Hebrew University's startup uh, section. And uh, they are going to be sending over Israeli startup companies who want to be in New York. And our students are going to work directly with them uh, to intern and to learn how to, uh, how to start and create, uh, create a company from, from fresh. So that's one example. Phenomenal. Uh, this. The second is in uh, all the new graduate degrees we're, uh, we're coming out with. We've now uh, shifted uh, our model to trying to not just think about the great undergraduate education, but the great graduate education that we can give. And this is helpful in a couple of ways. First of all, bringing in a whole new population of students, but also enabling our 
undergraduates to go for a year longer and get a master's degree. Mm. You know, we have uh, um, a number of our students, uh, the majority, spend a year in Israel, at least a year in Israel, and then they come and spend three years on Yeshiva University's campus. Right. But what we're going to tell them now is you spend, you spend three years, you get one degree. You spend four years, you get two degrees. And the two degrees you're getting are in the market-ready field. I mean, these are, uh, we have biotech management. Uh, we're just opened uh, data and, uh, and privacy law. Uh, we just got uh, the permission to start cybersecurity, which is going to start fall 2019. And cybersecurity is a great example. It's a burgeoning market, burgeoning field. And we have a great competitive advantage because we have deep connections to the elite military units in Israel. So they are working with us to shape the curriculum and to actually even be faculty members of our, of, of our program so that when you come to us, you know, you're going to be trained by, uh, by the elite military unit, by Shmona Matayim, 8200 people and others uh, in what... And what is the latest technologies and the latest uh, the latest fields? So that's the second uh, area of uh, of initiative for us. All the graduate programs we've just uh, we've just been creating, uh, which is going to open up a whole new world of opportunity for uh, for our students and for Yeshiva University. A third thing is the, are the memorandum of understanding we have with um, with Israeli universities. We've already signed four memorandums of understanding with. Barilan and Hebrew U and the Technion, so that students who graduate with degrees in biology or computer science can continue in masters in their, uh, you know, in their universities, and which is, of course, you know, tops in their in their field. And then our alumni who live in Israel have said that they're going to help them get internships and start up uh, uh, start up jobs in Israel, so that they'll be mentored with the latest skill sets that they're going to need for. Uh, for their future. In fact, we have one, uh, a couple of alum who are so excited about this, they added on a prize. And now we have an innov- a startup innovation prize that if people, the top people who decide to go on this program, will be given $10,000 uh, uh, to help them uh, subsidize their, uh, uh, their, studies, uh, their studies in Israel. So we're creating pipelines now where our kids are going to be able to, uh, to study and uh, which changes the value proposition of YU, that you know when you come to YU, both inside the university and directions that we have with relationships outside, thinking globally about what education could look like, that uh, they'll have uh, opportunities to be set. I'd say one more last thing, which is really crucial, which is our career services. One of the great advantages of Yeshiva University, the YU advantage, is our enormous, extensive, successful alumni and friends network, right? We have people who are passionate about Yeshiva University and passionate about helping our students. And what we're doing is matching up our alumni and friends with our students so when they leave Yeshiva University, they do so. They do so with the network uh, that's going to help them succeed in their future. Oh, that's pretty amazing. So it's not so it's not even a formal career center. It's more like a, a networking center to make sure that whatever field students are in, they'll meet somebody who could help them along the road. Exactly. We are we're transforming that now. We've just started revamping it, and our goal is that we're going to match up uh, mentors to the students, right. and that you know I think by the end of this year we should have. Uh, different work streams 
uh, we're shooting towards ten different uh, uh, ten different uh, uh, branches, you know, computer science and real estate and law, etc., so that our kids, you know, will have people and a network of of support, you know, not just when they graduate but throughout their lives. When you come to UC University, you know, you have a route not just to a job but to a great job. And that's a key uh, key element for us in the future. Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman is with us uh, from the campus of Yeshiva University. The um, Well, now it's obvious what you've been concentrating on for the first year. I mean, the memos of understanding that you described, the graduate programs that are either expanded or have been created, um, and, uh, and, and and the, the pipeline, as you described it, uh, between your campus and Israel, is, uh, is all of those are much more extensive uh, than they were in the past, and uh, and that those certainly are amazing accomplishments for the first uh, year on the job, so to speak. The um, um, you, you mentioned when you started this conversation with us in terms of the first three digital era, world of higher education, etc. So on the world of higher education, look, it's no secret that you took higher education very seriously. Your your name is preceded by both rabbi and doctor. <laughs> so there's no question about it. But unlike the 80s and 90s, would you agree with what I am telling uh, teenagers today which who want to go into Jewish education, which is it's no longer that you can graduate college you know, start teaching in a Talmud Torah or a school, and and you know, eventually make it as a as a teacher for forty years. These days, you have an obligation to yourself to go and get those advanced degrees. I would guess you'd agree with that. That's that's for sure. And the truth is that that the educators today uh, need to be equipped uh, yeah. in so many ways, and you know, and this goes back to technology and and the rapidly changing world we live in. There's so many different vehicles in order to disseminate uh, uh, lessons and teachings and, and our Torah. I mean, one of the great advantages we have today is this advance in communications, uh, which gives us a whole plethora of opportunities. And our educators, and we do this in Israeli School of Education, right. our educators are trained, you know, with the latest uh, uh, technologies and the latest uh, skill sets in order to be the most effective teachers uh, for the kids, and that's, uh, we can't emphasize, I mean, the importance Yeshiva University has graduating the rabbis and educators of the future. You know, these are the people that um, that pass down our Masorah to our children, and they need to know not just the contents, which, of course, they uh, they need to know, and they do know and study deeply, uh, but also the vehicles of communication to disseminate it. Yeah, I would say, I'd put it in even harsher terms, that you know, you, you, the, the REIT student right? The rabbinic student can't avoid Israeli anymore. Can't, in many cases, can't avoid Wurzweiler. And depending on what they want to be and what they want to pursue, they need those graduate degrees in order to even enter the marketplace. That would be accurate at this point, no? Well, we have, it's interesting you say that, because one of the key elements of Yeshiva University now is collaboration. Mm. Meaning the way that we're increasing our offerings is uh, you know in a in a, an effective way is by looking at our entire university and putting the resources in connection with one another, right? This increases our possibilities exponentially, you know. So one of this is the graduate school connections, uh, which which open up a whole new doorway. So for example, the REIT students right now 
have a great pathway to FERCOF, mm-hmm. meaning our school of psychology. So right. It's not just Israeli, which of course they have with uh, with education, right. but also in uh, in understanding deeply the psychology, uh, you know, both for their congregants and for their students, uh, so that they become proficient in a whole other level um, of how to uh, interact and engage and pastor and be a, a, a proper pastor. You know, at this uh, at this time, with all the changes of uh, uh, of this time, so I mean, there's no question to me that that Yeshiva University has the greatest uh, has ex- has invests the greatest amount of resources in the history of the world uh, to its rabbis to training its rabbis, uh, and uh, you know, we're certainly very proud of that, and we know how crucial that feature is to the rabbinic and the educators of the future is for our, uh, the future of our people. Did uh, did you get an opportunity to speak to everybody on the listening tour? And by everybody, I mean students, faculty. I don't know who. who I'm trying to think who else is important on the campus. But did every did everybody get a chance to communicate uh, their vision of 2018 with you? Yeah. So I, you know, it's still uh, we still have people to speak to. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't want to stop listening. You know, one of the things that uh, that I have uh, uh, learned in my life is uh, being a Talmud Chacham. I think is that if you remain a Talmud, you can become a Chacham. Mm. And um, uh, you know, I'm I've never finished uh, the listening and learning part. That is that always that always continues. Um, thank God we've had much opportunity to speak to a number of different constituencies, including not just the students and faculty and administrators, of course, but outside as well. Meaning our our partners um, very much are in the communities. Our lay leadership. Um, our, of course, our trustees, uh, the, all the boards of overseers in each of our institutions. Um, you know, these are our alum. These are crucial, crucial uh, constituents for us. Um, they each have something to contribute with their life lessons and their perspectives. And, you know, I've been uh, blessed to uh, go around the country and beyond the country, uh, you know, meeting them over the course of this year. And I have to tell you, one of my key takeaways from traveling around the country and beyond, is how many people are rooting for Yeshiva University. Oh, yeah. I said that to you before we started this conversation. One of, one of my main priorities that I pray for is the, is the, is the stable and incredible continued success of, where, of your institution. Simple as that. Thank you. Thank you. And that's, that's the spirit. The feeling I get when I go around is people understand how crucial this is, how crucial it is to our community, and even beyond, meaning as uh, as the demographics continue to shift, and and the leadership of tomorrow in, uh, in our you know, broader both diaspora and global community will emerge from from uh, from the generations that feel deeply rooted in their Jewish identity, um, you know, with the knowledge base. I mean, this is uh, uh, these are the kids that are going to be the leaders of tomorrow. These are the students that are going to be leaders of tomorrow, and people know that they feel that. And they're excited about it, and they want to see us. Uh, they want to see us grow, and want to see us succeed. Finally, this is not a topic I generally bring up, but uh, and, and other media sources deal with it much differently than I do, frankly. But it is the beginning of a new year. Uh, all, all, all we would love to hear is that, based on on what you've seen over the last twelve months in office, um, Yeshiva University continues to uh, maintain and grow financially, and 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 uh, increase its stability. When it comes to economic resources, can you tell us that that as we begin five seven seven nine, thank God things are looking good going forward. 
We, we absolutely, we're certainly increasing. It's growing. We're on a trajectory of growth. Uh, you know, all higher education experiences the uh, challenges of the new era, but we are mastering and capitalizing on that and turning that into opportunities. And uh, and thank God uh, we're seeing uh, we're seeing a great trajectory. So we are moving forward. We're moving forward strong. We're moving forward with confidence. And we're very excited about the future. Well, as you know, I'm quite proud that this program was born on the campus of Yeshiva University. Believe it or not, th- this Sunday will be 35 years ago, believe it or not. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. How could that be? It's been a long, You're so young. It's been a long, long time. Uh, and I am uh, indebted for life uh, to Yeshiva University for that. Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, I take this opportunity, number one, to wish you a happy, healthy, sweet new year. The greatest year ahead for your undergrads and, of course, all the graduate schools as well. Sometimes people think I spend too much time talking about the undergrads in these conversations and forget that you're leading some of the most incredible graduate institutions in the entire country, frankly. <laughs> I'm sure the medical school and the law school would agree with that. And um, and we wish you the greatest success, and I look forward to uh, uh, future conversations about the progress being made at YU. Thank you so much. So wonderful to speak to you. Shana Tova, Shana Tova to you and your family and all of the listeners. You know, we love JM in the AM, and everyone just should be blessed with a year of only mazal and bracha, of meaning and purpose for Hashem, and to all of our Tilo Tova. Amen. Tadarabah. Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, President of Yeshiva University, right here at JM in the AM.
Thursday morning, JM in the AM. That's Miami, of course. Yeah, they have big calamite plans as well. We'll talk about that. Don't worry. We certainly will. Someone alluded to it. Oh, I think it was Sim Holiner who alluded to it the other day, if I'm not mistaken. JMM Thursday, you know what's happening here uh, on the Nahum Siegel Network? A whole full day, believe it or not, a full, complete, incredible day of uh, amazing programming. Charlie Harari is going to follow us. And then um, some great, wonderful music. Then Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs, Miriam L. Wallach. Her guests are by Kenneth Brander, the, the um, brand new head of uh, Ortora Stone. Well, live lunch at 11 o'clock. And speaking of Mary Mel Wallach, she is here in the studio here this morning at JM in the AM. Good morning. Good morning. Yesterday, we had the opportunity, thank God, to finally, after 13 months of mulling it over, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not kidding either, after 13 months of mulling it over uh, in terms of the uh, possibility of going to Johannesburg and being there, with the Jewish Unity Initiative during the Shabbos project because we thought this would happen last year in 2017. It did not. We said we could reschedule it because there'll be another Shabbos project in 2018. And sure enough, thank God, on October 25th of this year, we will be in Johannesburg with a Jewish Unity Initiative event, major concert, a full week of broadcasting, which is amazing. When we did, when we did Paris, we only did a couple of days of shows. When we did Venice, we only did, I think, also a couple of days of shows. Right, but it seems you're taking out a, um, you know, you're, you're moving into South Africa. Well. You're renting an apartment. I would, well, I don't know about you're that. You're becoming a citizen. But, but I think. It's a time for the live lunch already. But, but I think between three and four JMN broadcasts are going to be done from South Africa. Then that doesn't include the the additional programming. In addition right. to other, progr- other programming we're going to be doing from there. And in addition to obviously presenting the concert. My point is, yes. my point is, the Jewish Unity Initiative and these journeys have become um, even larger than when they first started. This is now an entire broadcast week, an entire, you know. We just told the hotel we needed the entire hotel. Correct. Well, that's for, that's for a number of people. Correct. But that's my point. Right. Is that there's, we're no longer bringing a shoestring team of crazy misfits who want to travel with us. Excuse me? I'm really just, you know, talking <laughs> have, about Zoomer. Have you woken up this morning? <laughs> but we are, we're bringing with us people who have seen what we're doing, want to be a part of it, sponsoring our projects, and have felt the energy. So why not come back? Why not do it again? The other thing I was thinking of yesterday when we made the announcement, and Simon Jacob, the chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative, was with me when we made the announcement. Yes. The other thing I thought of, um, I was trying to think back to the announcements made when we decided to go to Paris, <laughs> go to Venice, go to Houston, do the Jewish Union Initiative week in Israel when the stabbings were taking place, when we announced that we were going to stay road during a time that everyone thought we were crazy for going to stay road. And I was trying to think of what yesterday's and how it fit in to the plethora of announcements that we've had over the years. Now, some of those prior events, I don't think they had formal announcements, some of them, if I'm not mistaken. I don't I don't remember. Not as formal as yesterday's. Right. 
um, where it was scheduled and it was social media. Then we sent out a press release. and Plus the rabbi joined us. And yes, plus we had international calls. This was, I think, I can say confidently, the first time that somebody from South Africa, Jerusalem, and New York were all on JMNAM at the same time. <laughs> that's correct. Right. That's pretty, that's pretty monumental. But this was also, I, I think personally, one of the first times where I started getting crazy WhatsApps and texts from people saying, you're going where? You're going where? And and at this point, they're like, of course you're going there. Like, there's no end to your creativity and your vision, and the rest of us are just along for the ride. This is going to be our uh, fourth continent. Uh, I've done Jewish Union Initiative. In, I'm not going to Antarctica. In North America, did the Jewish Union Initiative in Asia. Are there Jews in Antarctica? Did Jewish Union Initiative in Europe. You can have fun with this. And now... <laughs> And now, <laughs> and now, doing Jewish Union Initiative on the continent of Africa, our fourth crazy. of the six common continents. Um, I think it leaves us South America and Australia. I'm in. Um, South America actually could happen. Australia, I really, Don't, really. Na- Naomi might be listening. I know, but I, she's got to realize one thing. <laughs> that's that's going to be the long shot. Just to realize that's be one long shot. That's the that's the irony that's that the that's long the shot. long shot. Yeah. South Africa was like, sure, it only takes us a year to figure this out, but yeah, yeah Australia is the long shot. By the way, this, Mark. By the way, Mark's already planning Australia. By the way, this was the this was a a detriment for us. I shouldn't say detriment. This was a, an aberration for us. On all these trips, and to think of Houston last year, where it take us twelve hours to put together, all and all the a day. Thanks to the OU. Yep. With all these trips, um, usually it's here's the idea, and you know, within weeks it's announced. The right. Sports support is there. We go and, but this was, you know, this was this was we had to wait a year. Correct. To and, see if we could do it again or attempt to do it again. Right. And I own that, by the way. That was, you know, that, that was you. I mean, we You're taking the blame. Yes, because we internally know that there were things going on that I personally would not have been able to. You know what? Make I'll, that. You know what? I'll take the blame. No, it's all right. I just because, did because there are people who know that that there were things going on. I was not able to make it. This Thank time you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh my gosh, we both weren't able to make it. What's the coincidence? Um, but yeah, there's. It sounds much more dramatic when I'm not able to make it. By the way, because That's... there are people. Saying, I was being there, sincere. There are, you were being there are dramatic. People saying so what if you weren't able to make it? Very well. <laughs> right. Who's going to hold Nachum's bag? Um, there is. There's something about timing. Right. This is right. it's completely, shall we say, bashert that it is happening this year. Right. There uh, is a tremendous amount of excitement and the song that was released and just there's um there's a good vibe in the air here at the Nahum Siegel Network with season seven and um, we're just we're just gonna ride that wave. And one of the thing and I point this out to you all the time, um post kosher halftime show, which mm-hmm. was amazing this year. Crazy. Um we we've really had some unbelievable things happen and i believe you would agree i know my family would agree that this summer was one of the most unbelievable summers summer was a zoo in terms of programming right. the penultimate moment um not to take anything away from from the visits with ncsy in israel but mm-hmm. the penultimate moment being on that plane with nefesh benefesh on it, 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 with, with what was likely the best aliyah show we ever did yeah um, and that was certainly the highlight of the summer. And here we are. And this is also one of the benefits of the early untif. We're still riding the wave after this incredible summer. Kicked off the season. And soon, even though it doesn't feel like it, soon <laughs> the untif season will have 
will have passed us by and we, because it's it's starting on Sunday mm-hmm. night. So if it's already starting Sunday night, you know, we're almost past it. Oh, and- you started the week with Simchaliner. We're ending. I mean, you have you still have crazy guests booked for tomorrow, not even including Malcolm. And um, and I'm sitting here wondering how you had time for me. I mean, this chair has been filled with tremendous talent and potential and and star power this week and so yeah, i'm st- really humbled that you made time for me no i appreciate that my yeah. st- my staff messed me up this week oh they did did they yeah what happened yoni what happened was yeah a staff member of mine arranged for me to speak with a very very prominent member of the soda stream company mm-hmm. tomorrow on mm. tomorrow's jam that's supposed to happen in the seven o'clock hour tomorrow right i'm restricted from mentioning the pepsico deal that is correct now imagine Every every single listener, right? Every single listener who's tuned in tomorrow in the seven o'clock hour, they will they will want one question asked of the Soda Stream guy, and that is his impressions uh, in the aftermath of this PepsiCo deal. You know, what does it mean? What it, it, no, everyone's going to ask the same question. So, are you investing it? That's the <laughs> that's a natural Jewish response. Anyway, so yeah. th- th- everything's okay. A- 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 There'll be another time for that interview. And that and, and I am not going to be allowed nope. to um, mention that enti- that sale during the conversation. That is correct. So what are you looking at your watch? We gotta go to Charlie Harari? Well and and you have to wrap up the show and we have a conference call in time. Oh, really? Glad to hear, as usual. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. The next time Miriam Al-Wallach will join me will be when the three of us, Miriam Yoni and myself, will be in studio at 11 o'clock this morning Eastern time for the live lunch. I'm sure we'll talk more about the... Um, about the trip, about Johannesburg, and a couple other things as well will come up, no doubt, as well. Uh, it's all happening between 11 and 1. Charlie Harari's next. When Charlie ends, we're going to go back to the music, and then uh, Allison will take over at 10 o'clock. At 10.30, Miriam Alwalik with a pre-Rosh Hashanah conversation with Rabbi Kenneth Brander. Say it one more time. I said he's amazing. He's amazing. We love him, and he'll be part of That's Life between 10.30 and 11 o'clock before we speak to you during the live lunch. All coming up if you keep it at the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.